Hi and welcome to Piano with Harriet Stubbs. Um, I hope that you've all had a great few weeks. When I last recorded, I was heading out to LA to record my brand new album with Mike Garson. Um, Mike worked with David Bowie doing over 600 shows and played the piano on Aladdin Sane, which was a huge part of the record. And we have done an album together of arrangements of repertoire from Chopin to um, David Bowie to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And we are really excited to share it with you all. So last episode, I talked about the process of preparing to record and the record that we were making. And I was just about to leave for LA. And as I record this right now, I am about to leave to fly to New York for a different but related set of things, which I'm very excited to talk to you about. Mike and I made the record in two days, which was very different to the way that I did my last album, which was over a period of months and learning things and then going and recording them and working on them and coming back to them. This was an entirely different process and exciting in a way that I knew that time was going to be very limited and went in very ready um, and also not really knowing if the record could be done in that amount of time and uh, somehow it all was and it was the perfect amount of time. So we recorded it in Calabasas in LA and uh, we did just over half the tracks on the Monday and then we did uh, the rest on the Tuesday, saving the trickiest piece in many ways until last, um, which is the Chopin Godofsky Garson etude, which is on the record. Um, it's totally insane. There's a little excerpt of it here.
And that piece is so physically demanding that after recording that and getting that ready, there was no way I was going to be able to play anything else. So I knew that it was going to be at the end of the second day. And uh, I decided as well that I wanted to experiment making this record entirely unedited. So some of you will know that the average piece of classical music is an hour's editing for one minute's music. And of course that varies a lot from performer to performer, from circumstance to whether it's live or uh, studio recorded, uh, lots of other factors. Um, but there is that standard of editing that is normally involved in uh, recording music from the studio. And because we were gonna have such little time and also because I had some of the repertoire internalized and memorized over COVID and then I had some repertoire which I had to learn in a few weeks. I felt that with the stuff that I'd really been working on for a while, I wanted to see what would happen if we went with one take on everything. And there was something extremely exciting about performing it and knowing that once you listen to it afterwards, that was how it was going to sound. And, you know, I did a couple of takes on a couple of tracks, uh, rather than, you know, I didn't just play the entire album once. Um, but, you know, usually you would cut and paste from a few takes, you would, in some cases, patch things together. And the one of the reasons behind that, in classical music anyway, is that you want it to represent you at your best, on your best day, and have everything in there that you would have under perfect circumstances, and perhaps one take had something that you loved in it, and another take had something a bit different, or one of the takes you pushed it a bit and lost some of the detail and wanted some of the detail in there. Um, and so that's just a different approach. But I knew that this was going to be in its entirety on every piece. And some of those felt, you know, yeah, that'll be fine. And then with the Chopin Godofsky, I remember thinking, I don't know, I mean, is this is this possible? You know, entirely unedited. And having done it entirely unedited and then hearing it back, I felt that not just with that piece, but with with all of them really, that there was a certain amount of live excitement behind everything that I recorded because it was going to be in its entirety and did have the pressure almost of a large live show because it, it needed to be everything I wanted it to be in that moment. And so you've got the combination of the adrenaline of needing to deliver it in that time and also the vision I found made more sense to me because I knew that it was going to strictly be everything that I imagined in that moment which may or may not be something that I entirely constructed beforehand you know, it may, it may have been totally inspired in that moment or different to 
how I could have planned it to happen, but it, but it happened in that moment, in that magic, which happens so often live, and then it never happens exactly in that way again, because the world is aligned in a different way for the next time. So um, I think that I learned a lot from that experience, and I was really proud of the authenticity involved in doing it in that way and when I say that I have like every other musician and like even Glenn Gould and so many other musicians used editing for recordings and there's all sorts of reasons for that you know you could have a perfect recording and then you get a siren that comes you know from outside in the last three bars and you don't want to lose the entire take and all the studio time that you've just spent especially if it's a really long piece um and you really liked the take and it was something that had nothing to do with you missing something but simply that a circumstance aligned and and um and that can happen or you know something went wrong with a piece of equipment during it so you know there's there's logistical reasons like that um, which is one one reason for editing, um, but also editing to really create everything that you wanted it to be because you know it's going to be out there as the definitive recording of your vision of that piece. And so I suppose the authenticity conversation happens around, is it authentic to edit? And... I think it is as well. I think that it offers an entirely different set of possibilities. I think that it can fix things that are out of your control. I think that there is no lack of authenticity in doing that. I think that there's just a different type of authenticity in doing it in one take because it's authentic to exactly how you played in that moment at that time but is it more authentic to the music at large is it more authentic to your long-term lifelong visions and opinions on those pieces and that's different because this isn't improvised music it's improvised in that you're inspired in the moment as classical music is but the classical music is is not entirely created in that moment if you're playing something which has already been composed and then you know is it as authentic to the composer if you haven't executed every detail and you're saying this is the recording that I want to stand behind and this is the way that it should be played and any time that I play live it's going to be a variation on that but this is what I would do on my most ideal day in that way so it made me think a lot about that and what gives the best performance and I think that it just has a really different feel to my last record because of the style of music, but also the circumstances under which it was recorded. And I really found it an exciting way to create an album and had an amazing time working with Mike. Um, I think LA as well is just such an uplifting and happy place and to be there recording and making this thing that we've been looking forward to for for years now uh, was super exciting so on that note i am going to play you 
arrangement of Nick Cave's Push the Sky Away. And it's actually the 10 year anniversary of the release of that song, which was a coincidence when we decided to do it. Um, I really hope that you enjoy it. was Push the Sky Away, arranged by Mike Garson, especially for this album, originally by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I am now about to go to New York in a couple of hours and am recording on Young Concert Artists' Career Catalyst about the division of time as a creative and 
time managing all the many aspects of running the business of being a creative outside of just practicing our instruments and turning up to our concerts and uh, that will be available on the Young Concert Artists channel and I will also put links on all my social media so that you can check it out when it goes out. I'm also going to be appearing on iHeartRadio's Red podcast run by Michelle Barone that is going out out in a little while but I will be recording it up in Poughkeepsie New York on Monday we're doing a couple of episodes together very much looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to being back home in New York and we'll very soon have a release date for the album it is most likely to be going out in September, if not a little bit before then, so not much longer. This has been The Piano with Harriet Stubbs. I hope that you've enjoyed it. You can follow me on Instagram, harriet.stubbs, and on Spotify and Apple Music if you'd like to listen to my last album and other releases that I have on those. You can email me on info at harrietstubbs.com. And the Anchor app actually allows you to send in voice message questions to me. I would be delighted to answer any of them and look forward to catching up with you very soon. Have a great day.